Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, we've talked about the need for Anthony Davis to play better. What about LeBron James, particularly if the Lakers are going to play small ball more often? We'll get into that. Plus, did Frank Vogel get it exactly right with the whole Dwight Howard instead of DeAndre Jordan thing? We'll discuss and maybe a little trade talk as well coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Get it up bright and early so no matter where you are, it's waiting for you every single Monday through Friday. Uh, I want to let you know as well that the today's episode of Locked On Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Um, so we're going to try to get into some some potential trade talk. We've uh, reached that point in the season where people are looking ahead to figure out how teams around the league can, should improve themselves. We're about uh, 10 days the- away from when most of the league becomes eligible to be traded. Yep. Uh, you know, that's the December 15th deadline, yes. uh, which is a huge one uh, around the NBA. Like you say, Andy, um, you know, Frank Vogel made the big change with the uh, with the rotation, inserting Dwight Howard instead of DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he had him starting and uh, I think he might have gotten it half right. And so we'll talk about that. But let's start with LeBron James. Um, we've asked the question. Does Anthony Davis need to play better? And I think you articulated the position very clearly and very correctly that the answer is yes. Um, this this applies to LeBron as well. And it came up um, big after the Clipper game on Friday when uh, he was asked about the center centerless lineup, which is basically him at center, um, and how he needs to play, particularly you know the benefits both offensively and defensively, and how he needs to play defensively and didn't. Um, perform by his own admission at the level that he needed to. Um, if they're going to play those lineups, Andy, he's got to be kind of monstrous on the defensive side of the ball if it's going to work. Yeah, he, um, to, like you said, to LeBron's credit, he actually acknowledged that uh, he was, in his own words, uh, bleepy, I believe is what he said. People can yeah, we can't go out. blue. Yeah, can't go blue, got the note, but I think people can understand what we mean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was interesting. Like one play stuck out to me specifically where – the Clippers in this 119-115 win over the Lakers, they were running a, a high pick and roll, and LeBron gambled pretty blatantly and pretty badly for the steal um, at, at the, the basically at the top of the arc where the play was taking place. Didn't get it, and it left no backline whatsoever for mm-hmm. what ended up, uh, I believe, in Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, dunk and LeBron versus Hartenstein. By the there's way, there's a tremendous um, amount of LeBron James versus Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, that uh, I know. I certainly wasn't expecting heading into this game, and it was interesting just in and of itself because it was LeBron playing against a true center in that matchup, which we haven't seen quite as much as when when we've seen LeBron go at the five. But it was just a reminder that LeBron. You know, he obviously there is a real advantage to him being able to call out these coverages because he is as good or better than anybody in the league at spotting whatever. And mm-hmm. he communicates this stuff extremely well. But LeBron also has had this tendency over his career to, you know, play like a rover back type position. Like Laker fans may remember, by the way, Kobe 
towards the end of his career pre Achilles. This used is, to do that is, a lot. This is not a, a a thing that is uncommon among stars. Right. And and look, guys like Kobe and LeBron who are really good at anticipating and really understand sets other teams are running and often and their own schemes as well, they can be really good in that role. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to be doing that at a wing position like where Kobe used to do it or LeBron typically did it. It's another thing to try to play rover back at center. At center, you can't do that when you yeah. are supposed to be the back line of a defense that truly has nobody else that even remotely qualifies as like a back line option or somebody that you can count on for weak uh, weak side shot blocking stuff like that. You have to be really disciplined. You have to stay in the exact rotation. I was about to say. I mean, that's it's not even so much. You know, it's like. I'll even take it a step further. Their defense can't afford gambling. Like this is not a group of guys that can that can gamble. And if you're going to play that small lineup with the the players that are theoretically going to be on the floor with you, where LeBron and you know even if Trevor, when Trevor Ariza comes back, because I think he would, I think preferably uh, for Frank Vogel be part of that. You know their switchability and uh, you know his defensive smarts and all that kind of stuff. It's not like you look at Trevor Ariza as a rim protector. <laughs> That's not. You know, so you're going to have those guys, and then the deficiencies that we know about with Carmelo Anthony, with uh, all the uh, the guards at the point of attack, with Russell Westbrook, with Malik Monk, with Wayne Ellington, whoever it might be. Nobody can gamble. Nobody, because once you do that, now you're scrambling. The Lakers struggle on the defensive glass in their best moments. They're going to struggle even more in these smaller lineups. And if guys gamble, they're not where they're supposed to. Like nobody can gamble, and I, I think LeBron. You know, LeBron, like most people. That's a, that's a sad world you're describing to me, Brian. Nobody can gamble. Nobody can that's, gamble. That's, that's really right. depressing. That is, in, that's in, one of the most I, depressing things I've ever except, heard. Except when we get later in the show uh, to our, our our friends at betonline.ag. Everybody should. Then, then you yes. can gamble. Yes. But not here. That's where um, the Lakers, that's where all these guys should get their gambling fix in. They should go over exactly. to online. But not on basketball, though. Don't do that. Um, no, so, absolutely not. Um. You know, they're in a position where defensive integrity just needs to be solid at all times. And I, I do appreciate that LeBron pointed out, you know, in this game, because like it was not, I didn't know it, not to get too sidetracked, I didn't know what to think that much about Friday's game. Because on the one hand, um, they didn't play necessarily a bad game. No. Uh, the Clippers aren't necessarily a bad team. Um, but the Clippers are struggling, as we talked about with Sabrina Merchant like on, on Friday's show. Clippers are struggling, too. They've got all kinds of problems. They've got injury issues. They've got continuity problems. They are a 500 team. And for the Lakers, you know, coming off like the two-game winning streak, feeling a little positive, in that sort of eh, and, decent, decent and being loss, more- hey, guys, like that's a really uncomfortable place to be at this point of the season. Well, and also, too, the Lakers were at more full strength than the Correct. Clippers. And, yes. And even though, you know, they still deal with their own continuity issues of reintegrating LeBron and stuff like that, you know, it, it's a game that it felt like was, if nothing else, theirs for the taking. They spent a lot of this game fighting from behind. Um, and what I thought was interesting, too, in terms of their defense, uh, in the first half, I thought they actually did a good job with rotations, good job of being mindful of the spots they were supposed to be in, but they were fouling too often. They were just sending the Clippers to the line. I think the Clippers yeah. went to the line 20 times in the first half of that game. Second half, they did a better job of 
not sending the Clippers to the line, but their rotations were way worse. Like right. they, and and again, it's the, uh, is, is DeAndre Jordan not following people like Dwight Howard because he's not near enough to them? It's well, we have that conversation about a lot of people, and I think in the second half, and this is part of with the LeBron problem when they went small is like. Their coverage just really broke down. Dude, in the fourth quarter, I was like, are you guys aware of what Luke Kennard does? Like, because he kept getting these wide, wide open looks off defenders that were sagging way off him. I'm like, he is out there to do precisely one damn thing. Like, mm-hmm. it, Luke Kennard does nothing on either side of the ball but shoot threes. And I mean, the idea, would- Andy, that Luke Kennard is going to penetrate and finish at the rim, you know what that is? It's a Kennard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I would think that was funnier if I knew what the other one meant. <laughs> I don't know what a canard is. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh anyway. Uh, but let's get back to the, 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 the pro- there's a real problem with this whole LeBron and defense and what he is being asked to do because, and it gets to this question we asked at the top of the show, does LeBron need to be better? Because the answer to that question is yes. And those two things, LeBron and defense are uh, at loggerheads, I think, in in some way, in terms of getting LeBron to the level that the Lakers need him to be. We'll talk about it next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Hey, NBA fanatics, if you heard about Prize Picks, it's daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Everyone that deposits and uses the promo code NBA receives a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. You can pick two to five players and an over-under their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows also mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron, whatever, combined with the under on Lamar Jackson, whatever. Just keep it weird, keep it goofy, keep it fun. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks is safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Hey, uh, Andy, does this sound familiar? Don't answer yet. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you uh, stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Now answer. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Okay, good. I want to tell you about something that's a simple way to get the entertainment you love without all the hassle, and it's a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your, uh, your live TV and on-demand favorites together like nothing you've ever seen before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And that means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, Andy. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about, uh, about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. It compatible device is required and content does vary by package. Um, so we've had an interesting conversation, you know, about LeBron and like down the road, my position is the Lakers have the ability to build around, um, about around like a declining LeBron James in ways that are coherent, maybe are built around Anthony Davis, another star that comes in as they've got their contracts line up. So like LeBron can still be a very good and useful player going forward. You've made the point, though, and you are exactly right, that there's a big difference between relative decline and LeBron playing like the 10th best player as opposed to the second this season. Like if it happens three years from now, that's not necessarily a big deal. That's actually pretty good. If it happens this year, the Lakers are in real trouble. And we've talked about how Anthony Davis needs to be better. And I don't even mean this in a who needs to be better debate. 
LeBron isn't playing at the level that he was playing at last year before the injuries and all that kind of stuff, when he was being talked about in the MVP conversation. He is not anywhere close to that right now. And the Lakers are not going to win if he doesn't get back there. Um, That might not have been the plan, but that's where they are. And LeBron James needs to be better on both sides of the ball. And the fact that he's going to be asked to do more defensively, to me, makes the whole equation much harder. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It shouldn't. Because that should have been the equation when LeBron and Anthony Davis pushed the front office to acquire Russell Westbrook. Because if you knew, you know, and they had to be, everybody that they would be giving up in order to bring in Westbrook, then assuming you understand the game at all, and I know that LeBron and Anthony Davis do, you have to be factoring in the idea of, okay, we are going to have to make up for that those defensive losses and that got compounded by the decision not to retain Alex Caruso we have to make up for that ourselves and mm-hmm. you know that is the exchange for doing all these other things that were supposed to juice the offense and so for so far that's been a mixed bag at best but the, this was the deal that we made and maybe the deal in their heads sounded, you know, either more theoretical or easier to do than than they were imagining. Maybe they thought that at the end of the day, just, you know, these parts would create a better sum than they seemed like on paper. But whatever the case may be, this is something that they should have anticipated. Well, maybe I or, or like you said, like I think they wondered that like will the fact that I don't have to do as much on offense, like, you know, that my load offensively will be easier this year than last, make it so I can give more on the other side. Because, you know, we were having an interesting debate, you know, kind of just as we were talking about the Lakers and talking about the show, you know, is LeBron as, you know, engaged enough? I think both of us agree. No, I just think what's an interesting question is, I I think there are probably more, just my opinion, probably more similarities to what he was doing over the last couple of years but it wasn't as noticeable because there was so much more infrastructure around it. I could be wrong. I think you're definitely wrong. <laughs> that may be, but like, or to what degree that matters. Cause I, I agree with you that he has not been engaged at the level that he needs to be engaged at. But what I think is nakedly obvious is that those places that allow defensive, you know, allow stars to cheat. And this is something that happens on every single team in the league that those places that allow the stars to cheat are gone and it's 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 a it's a really difficult spot because whether you think lebron is on the verge of a steep decline or like a really shallow decline at the very least from a health standpoint and an energy output standpoint you just can't expect you know he's playing more minutes this year than he did last year i mean you just you, He's playing more minutes per game than he ever has as a Laker. Right. You can't expect that to be okay. You can hope, you can want, but you can't expect that to be okay without there being some kind of trade-off. And, you know, this is a position where the Lakers have put themselves, where, you know, Rob Palenka, LeBron, however you want to divide up the the blame pie here, the Kamenetsky blame pie. I am very uncomfortable with the idea that they need LeBron to be better than he was, you know, better than he is now, better even maybe than he was last year for this whole operation to work. That is not a comfortable place to be. Not so much that they can't do it in the playoffs, but to get to the playoffs. Like, 
that's a tremendous amount of energy he's got to expend on both sides of the floor. Well, I mean, again, this is what you not only signed up for, it's what you manufactured in order Mm -hmm. to sign up for. Because if nothing else, you had to be expecting more responsibilities defensively. Do you think I'm wrong, though? The Lakers, in theory, were supposed to be able to let LeBron build this year and get, you know, have a a lighter workload. It looks to me like they're in a place where not only they're going to need him to be as good as he was last year, potentially even better for this team to to thrive, to 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 win a championship and all that kind of stuff. Because I just don't think the pieces are going to come together in a way that lighten the load that the Lakers want, even if the big three end up kind of coming together in a big way. I mean, I think it depends in some ways how you're defining lighten the load. I mean, I anticipated LeBron's playmaking responsibilities would be lightened just because mm-hmm. you bring in Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook is in certain ways, uh, like a facsimile of LeBron. He's not as good as LeBron, but there's a lot of what you look for from LeBron that Russ does. So in that sense, specifically the playmaking, and I guess some of the all-around game that both LeBron and Russ have, like in that sense, certain things would be lightened. But I kind of feel like at at the end of the day, when you're talking about contending teams, superstars are supposed to be superstars. They're always supposed to play at an extremely high level. Otherwise, they're not superstars. You they're know, just I'm, either. You know, that's true. They're, they're otherwise they're just either all stars or they're all star adjacent type players. If you are expecting LeBron to be LeBron, then he's at a superstar level. Otherwise, you're talking about a completely different player. I mm-hmm. guess the other way to answer that question is how good is Anthony Davis? Like you know, if if Anthony Davis cranks up his play to you know what is truly an undisputed he is in that mvp conversation he is a monster on both sides of the ball he is somebody that changes the complexion of games game in game out then yeah i guess lebron doesn't have to be afforded as good as he would. but but it, i actually yeah, I, mean, I i think they need both like here's the sure. thing i think both of those guys need to be top 3 4 5 guys and like all the time i don't mean like just in the playoffs i mean like on a game in and game out basis. I guess the, the answer to the question need to, is, yeah. the way I'd answer it is, did you expect LeBron to still be a superstar this year? If the answer is yes, then you expect him to play at such a high level that whatever difference there would be from either last because then otherwise he's just a different player. Mm-hmm. I just mean like, you know, he can't even be, a little bit lesser than he was last year. He's not what he was last year and needs to get there. And I am starting to wonder whether he needs to be better. And if he does, it is an, it is a difficult place for the Lakers to be because right now the gap between them and the, the real true contending teams is massive. Well, when you look and at, when you just, look at him off to close, it is going to require yeoman's work from their big three well, i mean when you're when you're looking right now at at his numbers you know just some of the counting stats but they do tell some of the story his field goal percentage uh currently 47 and a half overall that's his lowest as a laker by a huge margin you know last season he shot 51.3 percent from the field. right in part because he's shooting more threes but also because he's not been as good right well he's not finishing at the rim right now he's shooting just below 70 percent from zero to three feet. He is on his career 73.5, and he has never shot below 73% as a Laker. Like that's a big deal, and that is really indicative in and of itself 
with what we're talking about. And Especially as, considering he goes there less. I mean, right. It's, and, it's just, and also too, really quick, you talked about the amount of threes that he's taking. He's averaging about eight a game and he's shooting around 33%, which is below his career average. It's about as low as it's been as a Laker. And that is problematic when you take that many threes. So mm-hmm. there's just, there's a lot happening right now. With it is a, you know, AD for the, you know, AD needs to elevate to a certain place and, and it's a, it's a certain style. It's a certain aesthetic. It's a certain way of dominating. And at least in, I thought it was encouraging. Davis was a much bigger part of the fourth quarter against the Clippers than he had been in other games. Um, but you know, the other part of this, LeBron's got to be better. I mean, and you know, so that is tough spot for the Lakers to be in. Um, let's, let's look at the, uh, the, the lineup choice that Frank Vogel made with Dwight Howard as a starter and, um, whether or not he got it right and what it might mean for how the Lakers need to play going forward. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It's the holiday season, which means gifts, eating and more eating, but you got to offset the decadence with some type of responsibility. You just don't want it to taste responsible. So it makes it a perfect time for Built Bars. They knew Holiday dessert, feast on something that tastes awesome. You can actually feel good about it. It's low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate. It's a great option for when you're going ham during the holidays, but you don't want your taste buds to know the difference. You know, you share some built bars at the holiday gatherings, the family's getting together. It makes things less awkward or just do what I do avoid conversation altogether. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. Uh, Locked on Lakers also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has your has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season marches to the playoffs, you got your basketball, you got your hockey. Uh, BetOnline may, remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. So from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 almost 2022 season andy bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts um so aside from the lakers uh needing to get better performances from two of their three superstars russell westbrook i'm totally cool with what you're doing these days um they also have seemed to have replaced their third quarter problem with a first quarter problem um which shines a light to me, Andy, on the necessity of figuring out really what is the lineup you can put out there that gives you the best chance to get off to a good start. Um, the Lakers fell behind against the Clippers. Dwight Howard started over DeAndre Jordan. That in and of itself is good that he's playing over there, but I feel like Vogel got this half right. That Jordan, that Dwight should be playing over DJ but should they shouldn't be starting a center a, a classic big so to speak well i mean uh first of all to illustrate the what you were talking about before the, the last 10 games for the lakers according to nba.com uh they've had a minus 9.4 net rating in the first quarter over the last 5 games it's dropped to minus 10.9 and during that period the offensive rating has just fallen off a cliff. You can't. So, you can't. If you're good, you shouldn't. You can't fall behind. This team isn't good enough to fall behind against teams like and dig their way, climb their way out. Nobody digs their way out of a hole. We have to, all have to stop using that phrase. But they're just not good enough for that. Yeah, I mean, and, and some of this obviously is the lack of continuity. LeBron in and out of the lineup. Other guys in and out of the lineup. But some of this is just the combinations that 
you know, have been chosen or should be chosen and haven't yet. Um, that question with Dwight, I think, is really interesting because obviously Frank Vogel is is inclined to try to start big, try to have as much size as possible. Like this is just something that has been established over the course of his career. He's, or certainly his career with the Lakers, he's, you know, shown some flexibility towards starting AD at the five. Although some of the times I think it's felt more like because he's absolutely had to, as opposed to he's really wanted to, he's definitely moving more towards the idea of giving up size you know, we've yeah, Davis seen that. is playing more five this year than he has in any year right. as a Laker, and the Lakers have played the LeBron lineup. They've, that's that's what I was right. going to say. That's what I was going to say. I mean, he's just he has shown more inclination than he ever has before earlier on in the season uh, towards going smaller. But he's looking. He is obviously looking for a place where a traditional big man fits on this team. And if you're going to play LeBron a lot of those, you know, centerless minutes, as as he referred to it. The only place that you may have for that traditional big, whether it be DeAndre or Dwight, is going to be in the starting lineup. Right. I think part of it when you were saying get it half right is obviously the question of whether Dwight should be there or not. But I also wonder if the if the other half right uh, possibility might be who ends up playing at the two. Because I feel like if you're going to be starting Dwight, and that seems to be the direction that Frank Vogel's going in right now, I wonder if it becomes that much more critical or mandatory that rather than Taylor Horton Tucker, you are starting either Wayne Ellington or Malik Monk or somebody that just provides more shooting. Real floor spacing. Yes, Real floor spacing. Somebody that you will not leave alone as opposed to Taylor Horton Tucker who put aside some questions of redundancy and whether or not you're really getting – the most out of him with that many of his minutes being played alongside LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and to, I think, a tangible degree, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. He's not a shooter. You are going to let him take threes. Yeah. Um, the, the flip side is if you're not going to start, yeah, if you're going to start, if you don't start Dwight, then THD makes a lot more sense. You're, you know, you, yes. you can, you can, if you don't, if you're, if you're going to space the floor from the beginning, then THD makes more sense. If you want yes. to say, it's it's a question of what the priorities are and like it, this is i defend vogel if he's not going to play avery bradley i think you know it's a little easier to defend some of these choices your point about like well when are you going to go small like a backup center like a center is going to play at some point so which are the lineups you want to prioritize how much does it matter when you do it and if the lakers were better a, I don't think they'd got they'd get off to some of these slow starts. If the if the offense were more functioning, if all these other things were, it's not you know, Dwight Howard was on the floor when they walloped the Kings in the third quarter. You know, I mean that was he was there for that. He was there for when they when they had a better end of the first quarter after DJ was replaced. Um, of course, it was also the Kings. This is true. Uh, goes back to my point earlier. When are they going to beat some good teams? Well, they're going to get more opportunity to. Their schedule's getting harder. I mean, yeah, some of the reason I, they have not beaten uh, a lot of good teams is they haven't played a lot of good teams. They haven't, but the ones they performed, have played. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, they performed poorly. Right. Given they, the opportunity, I'm just saying. To be fair, they haven't played a lot of good teams to begin with. They've just crapped the bed when given the opportunity. And so, I mean, going forward, I agree Other with you 100. If Dwight's going to start, it's got to be Ellington or Monk, and I think Monk is really working himself into a place where. 
his value I, I, you know, comes out when they, when they go small, when they, I, I wonder if like THT, he might have more utility as an attacking player, as opposed to a spot up shooter like Ellington, where all Ellington's really going to do is lurk around the three point line and, and slide in different places and, and, and draw attention that way. Um, I, I, th- it's, I would love to see what happens if he just brings Dwight in for those like 12 to 15 minutes or whatever in those spots where AD is sitting and they're not playing the LeBron five lineup. Uh, but you're right. It's, it's hard to figure out how you're going to get all these things in. This is though where, I mean, really, I think the, the lack of wings, like true wings on this team starts becoming problematic because it, it kind of forces you to go in either one direction or the other. And there are downsides to either one. But but it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. It doesn't give you the, you know the opportunity to really kind of meet a bunch of different areas halfway. So I I if you're going to end, I, I think it really does start coming down to just how much does that size matter to Vogel? Because he's he's obviously looking to to leverage it as much as possible and make it a thing as much as possible. Because otherwise, the solution's easy. Just start Anthony Davis at the five go with LeBron as essentially the backup center and play as many of your guards and sort of wings as possible. I mean, like it's, it's really just a matter of, of him wanting that size out there. Right. I mean, you that, have a that, sort of LeBron and AD on the floor at all times. One of, and some of them's playing yeah. center some, you know, and I mean, that's really yeah. what complicates this is just the desire to play, you know, I was going to say Dwight or DJ, but in this particular case, it's Dwight. It's the desire to play him, Essentially, at all that really creates like, like, without just, it's it being matchup. It's the it's the other point that you made too about having no middle ground. Yes, that there's nothing in between, um, and also too, it, are you going to get Sacramento Dwight? Or are you going to get Dwight who hasn't been as good as he's been in, against Sacramento for most of the season, Dwight? And that makes a difference. Well, but too. but here's part of the problem. And I'll oh, go ahead. Again, I, I was going to say, part, I mean, part of why I would favor. The LeBron, the LeBron at center lineups, even acknowledging there are issues with them, you know, including as we talked about earlier, you know, LeBron having to hold up his end of the bargain. I think it just, I think it just creates more of a continuous identity for this team because if nothing else, the lineups that they were using with Dwight as the backup center, I don't really think made them that much better defensively anyway. And Dwight was not really a great fit with a lot of the guys that he was playing with anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've talked no, about he was Dwight. playing. He was playing backup in mostly because defensively they would be a tire fire if you tried to put DeAndre Jordan with that group. Sure, and, and you know they were maybe not a tire fire with Dwight there, but they were certainly a stack of tires. And you know there was gasoline on and them. There was and smoke. Very, <laughs> there was, right. Well, you were just you were worried was, there was about. Unsa- there was unsafe working conditions. Yes, and you were very <laughs> concerned that an arsonist might be nearby, even if it wasn't completely on fire at that point. Like I don't think he. I think part of what has led Vogel to this is the recognition that Dwight wasn't fitting well with those lineups anyway, and he wasn't really creating again like something that just made sense. LeBron at the five with those groups actually makes sense with the overall roster composition of the Lakers, even acknowledging the issues that come with it. And and you can plan for it. I think you're, I I love how your hands look, you're getting really close to the camera. It's like, whoa, Um, you can plan for it. You can create an identity and you can work around the shortcomings of it. Um, They do need to lean into something. The other real 
critical piece of this, and we've we 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 got to it last week, but there's some some new wrinkles I think to talk about. It is THT. We haven't uh, we don't have time today to to dive into some of the uh, the trade possibilities and the roster configuration, all that that ultimately, in a lot of ways, come down to THT, what the Lakers are going to do going forward. Um, but that'll be a big topic of conversation this week. On uh, Tuesday, we're going to do a, a crossover yes. episode with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. Don't know exactly what a true crossover episode looks like. We haven't done it. We've had guests, but at least it's like a real crossover episode. Very exciting, but we get everybody ready for the big game uh, against the Celtics. Um and so that'll be exciting and uh, lots of good stuff coming up this week and we will see everybody on Tuesday. Thanks.